Hey guys, you are now listening to part two of this episode with my good friend and OG raver, Brandon Gray. In part one of this episode, we discussed how to balance your professional life with raving as you get older, the misconceptions that come along with this hobby, and how raving changes when you have kids and your friends grow up and move on. So that's kind of everything you missed so far. Um, Definitely go back and listen to part one if you are just catching part two. doesn't matter, but I think you guys will really enjoy some of the stories in there. Um, Right before this episode or part two where we left off so Brandon and I were really talking about um, what to do when you get older and your friends start to outgrow raving so you know he definitely experienced that he actually took a pretty long break from attending music festivals and then came back into it so obviously you know people change there are different priorities you start a family so that's kind of like where we left off, like what to do in that scenario. And um, Brandon and I actually connected through Lunchbox, um, the anti-theft hydration pack company. And so um, we talk a little bit about how Brandon kind of found this whole new rave fam with the Lunchbox team. And despite there being, you know, a 20 year age gap, it just really is irre- irrelevant if you find your people. That's all that matters. So, um, yeah, I can't stress that enough. That's the whole point about these two two parts is that age is just a number and it really doesn't matter if you love what you're doing so keep doing your thing keep raving keep attending music festivals as long as you want Um, but with all that being said that is where we left off so we are continuing the conversation into how Brandon got involved with the lunchbox team so let's roll right into part two but can we talk a little bit about lunchbox too like how you connected with with the team yeah so um that's all started in 2018, uh, EDC Orlando, mm-hmm. um, um, and home base. Um, Lunchbox was just starting to come out with a product. They were fixing to hit Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of my unique medical stuff, um, I carry in a medical bag um, filled with needles and uh you know insulins and um and then part of that i carry uh narcon kits and stuff that we use Mm -hmm. for for medical intervention stuff um when when we find people who who are in need of 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 help um Mm -hmm. and so i have a pretty big med kit that that goes with me in in the festivals and EDC Orlando, I mean, all festivals have a problem with theft, um, but EDC Orlando especially seemed to have a really big problem. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were almost pickpocketed three times oh at, at, yeah. at EDC Orlando. And um, so it was just by happenstance. So so the first two days, it was, it was my wife. And, and some of it was just blatant, outright people coming up to talk to us, divide your attention, try to reach into your bags. Kitty, sorry. <laughs> um, people try to reach into uh, your your bags and you know take whatever they can, mm-hmm. um, and that was part of the problem with kind of the clear bag thing. Is now everything that you have isn't really any more secure, right? And it's all a window into exactly what you have. They don't mm-hmm. have to rummage around; they know exactly where to reach for it because yeah. it's right there. It's a clear bag. Um, and I remember the the last set. Um, was cascade that year so i'm moving cats um was cascade that that year and somebody reached into my bag and my my med kit and again it carried at that point in time probably five thousand dollars worth of medication Mm -hmm. into it that that i need to to live off of yeah um and so somebody reached in and pulled uh tried to pull that that kit out i can't believe people yeah and I, I mean, again, they don't know what it is. Luckily, it was so wedged down there that, mm-hmm. that they couldn't. But uh, Jen turned to me at the end of the set and said, your bag's wide open. And I was like, uh, and it scared me because those are mm-hmm. things not only that I need if uh, you, we've come across people that have overdosed at festivals and, yeah. and and other stuff that, you know, there's a reason we carry Narcon and some other stuff, um, mm-hmm. you know, with us. Um, so not only for for not having those things, but also the medicine that, that I need at, at an event to survive. Mm-hmm. So um, I, it just so happened that I stumbled across Tom and, and I contacted him right after and said, hey, here's the dimensions of my kit. Will the lunchbox kind of fit that? Here's what I need it for. Yeah. 
Um, and then that conversation started spitballing into some of the things that I wanted to start up for a health and safety program, some of the pilot programs that, that most people outside of Lunchbox don't know that we've even ran, which are mm-hmm. uh, EMS pilot programs using quick response teams to right. help um, um, at like eForest, we did a pilot program at and, mm-hmm. and stuff. And so um, all that just started spitballing, you, you know, kind of from there. And, and it, it started just on a journey that I never thought that I would be involved with with a bunch of, uh, and I use the the term rave kids with the term of endearment <laughs> to it, not, not, um, but, you know, on a journey of a side, you know, kind of business project that is kind of some, in some ways, my main business project, because mm-hmm. um, I've retired from a lot of the other stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and just, you know, again, started building bags, mm-hmm. you know, um, wow. and getting into the scene that way. I had no idea that whole story. That's crazy. Yeah. So at that (laughs) point in time, it was, it was me, um, Tommy, um, Meredith and Liz, uh, which I don't think you ever met Liz Mm because she had departed, but, um, and and, you know, I was kind of the fourth amigo, you you know, on, on that team. And so, um, yeah. Um, now we'll be staying together at electric forts. I was, yeah, I, I love that whole story. That's how Brendan and I connected through lunchbox, but also I think it's just a great way to say like, not only are you involved in the company, but now when you attend festivals and stuff like that, you have this whole new rave fam that you can go to shows with and attend events with. And it's, I think it's something that's like really, really special, not only the relationship, but obviously lunchbox in itself. Um, and yeah, we have a group camp at electric forest whenever that happens, that will be amazing. Can't yeah, wait. <laughs> and and again, for for the people that are worried, like like your friends are leaving the scene and what it happens. I, mm-hmm. I mean, it 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 happens no matter what age you, you're yeah. at for for whatever reason. But again, and why those people around you make make those memories and make some of that stuff special? I, I guess it depends on what makes the the event for you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there are still. Uh, there's your meetups, you, you, you know, and the stuff that you've, you've built uh, over, mm-hmm. uh, over the years, you know, your rave cultural cast community that's, that's growing and great and, and thriving. There's, um, I'm involved in the Jason Ross, you know, Atlas fam, you, you know, group through quarantine that, that mm-hmm. has gotten me through a lot of that. And so I know there'll be meetup opportunities there to do that type stuff. Um, mm-hmm. There's the lunchbox fam that that we have. And there's a reason why we started that for, right. for that same, that was kind of the brainchild of me and Meredith and, and, you know, going, we, we want to have a community of people and, and to do stuff with because things are more fun. As you get older, that community starts to drop away and you need to find new places to find that community. And, Mm -hmm. and there are those places out there, right? you know, so you don't, I mean, well, I won't discourage anybody from going and doing an event alone. I I think Mm -hmm. it's a great, it's a great thing to be able to do an event and not worry about what your friend wants to see versus what you want to see. You can mm-hmm. do whatever the hell you want to um, <laughs> type stuff. And that, that can be really fun and exciting, but um, you know, I, I know people at, at these events that are in their fifties. I mean, mm-hmm. there's going to be somebody, you know, or again, learn to not be self-conscious that the person that you're enjoying the show with is 21 years old. So what? Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, again, so what? I, I, it's uh, again. Once I got over that mindset of being the old person, Mm -hmm. and I guess it still creeps up from time to time. I'll I'll be the first to admit there. There's Mm -hmm. still times that I'm like, God, I'm getting a little old for this. Yeah, yeah. Or I just I, um, or in certain circles, I feel uncomfortable because either some of the risks that are being taken or some of the other stuff. And then those points in time, I just step away. Like mm-hmm. that's my choice to be either in that or not. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not a reflection on the scene that, of something mm-hmm. that one person or one group does. Um, I can just choose to be a part of it or not, or yeah. I can be choose to be the opposite of that. You know, I don't, I mean, we all hear about events where, you know, people are at that they're taking advantage of, of people that are inebriated or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So be the antithesis to that, be the safe space. Yeah. Be, be, 
I think anybody who knows me, I mean, maybe you can attest to this, Emma, uh, you mm-hmm. know, more knows that if you were to ever have a problem at an event, go to Brandon. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, there, there's 100%. nobody that, I, I mean, I even had a, you know, true story. So, so I do a lot with the LGBT community. I even mm-hmm. had a, a friend at one point in time come up to me, hold my hand. He's a guy. And <laughs> he's like, you're going to be my husband real quick. And I'm like, why? He's like, because this creeper guy over there is trying to, <laughs> to be whatever. And I need you to be my big burly husband. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> you know? So it doesn't matter, guy or girl for me. I mean, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. do that for anybody. Just come up and give me the signal. And, and you know, I'll, I'll get somebody. Where, but, you yeah. know, and again, I, I think, you, you know, and that's always been part of the scene too. There's always been predators. There's always been, uh, you, you know, mm-hmm. people that aren't into it for the right intentions. Of course. Yeah. People yeah. are in the crowd to pickpocket, not for the music at all. You, you know, whatever the case might be, but, mm-hmm. but, you know, when you find a good group in, in the scene and you can, you, you know, still, uh, and you find your, your way to relax and be yourself. I mean, that's where the big beauty of it all is. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I love this. This, we touched on so many good things today. And the last thing I'll just say about the age thing too, is also like you touched on it before about the types of events. That's the other thing I would say, like, I think it's different when you're in it, like say you're 25 right now and you love sunset music festival or, you know, whatever it is. And you're like, Oh, I want to keep going to that the rest of my life. Like it just, I feel like it's a a natural progression and you just have interest change priorities change. And like, I never thought, you know, I will always go to EDC Las Vegas, but I feel the same about ultra. Like there are some that I'm like, you know what? I personally, personally feel like I outgrew it a little bit, but now I'm interested in international travel or other events and transformational festivals, which I think naturally have an older crowd. And to your point, I can afford now to go international and maybe travel while I'm abroad and then hit up a festival and things like that. So I think you can just experiment with different types of events as well and just find where you're comfortable, but there's going to be a different type of crowd, literally every single place that you go. So I think there's tons of options and it's age is just a number. I love everything that we touched on. (laughs) It it is. I I think, I mean, E-Force might replace EDC for me, given mm-hmm. the, the vibes. I think E-Force we're gonna love it. And, and I how everybody says, <laughs> but I, I love, I, I love EDC. I, yeah. I, I love what Pasquale's done. I, I, I know the people that handed off EDC to Pasquale and, mm-hmm. and what shape it was kind of in, and then how Pasquale kind of took it over and transformed it, and just what his thoughts are into it. Um, you know, I, I would, I would recommend to people. Like I always want to have that one base fest, uh, that that one festival that's my rock, my base, and I'm like I'm going to every year. Screw it. Yeah, you know, yeah. and that might be EDC. That that you know, right now that's EDC mm-hmm. uh, Vegas uh, and EDC Orlando because it's so close. Um, yeah. to where I am, um, you know, but that might turn into E Forest or or something else. For a while mm-hmm. that was Ultra, but again mm-hmm. that uh, for for other reasons outside of the music and and the other stuff because I still love Ultra for the music. Mm-hmm. um that's kind of that's kind of moved from ultra but um so yeah i mean i i would encourage you to you know it's all right to have edc still be your base just mm-hmm. keep on adding to it as much yeah as you of can. course you, you, yep. you know or or try something else like i said uh, i am a trance and househead um mm-hmm. i have been for 25 years now mm-hmm. um me going to wakan that was like, like, what am I doing? <laughs> and I had the absolute best time. Yeah. You know, so, you know, do I think that I would get along? And I, I saw your video on, on, on which festivals were on your unpacking. Oh, my yeah. bags. I'm not that thing. <laughs> I, I do watch your content. I know you don't think I do, but I do. Um, I uh, lost lands not going to be I I, I mm-hmm. just know from the music and whatnot yeah and, yeah and while I would still try it if if given the opportunity and I had friends that were kind of going I, I'm never going to discount I'm never going to discourage other people's music and what they like and I mm-hmm. think that's that's a big thing in the scene kind of right now I, I, there's always been the techno snobs and the mm-hmm. the you know house snobs and if it's not trance it's not what you know whatever one of the biggest shocks to me coming back is music had changed so much mm-hmm. so 
and and even at events so so you always had like movement and those types of events that were techno basically mm -hmm. you, you know some house but but mainly it was a techno movement was a techno event um for a large portion of it ultra was you know house and and some techno kind of event um it's only been in recent years that they've started getting you know wakan artists there and whatnot becoming more more other genres but for the most part you know that's what it was mm -hmm. um he, i i remember uh, this that's going to be a shock to emma's heart because i know she loves him so much i remember the first <laughs> time i heard seven lions mm -hmm. or Elenium, and i was like god this is beautiful and then the break would happen mm -hmm. and it would be for me at that time was like nails across the chalkboard. And that's when I felt old. Cause I'm like, what the hell are these kids <laughs> headbanging? This is not headbanging. Or what did you do with that beautiful vocal? You, you, you ruined it. <laughs> um, and, and I remember turning to Jen at a seven lion set going, God, how do people listen to this shit? Right. <laughs> now I love seven lions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it just changes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, 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 sorry, Jeff. I, I, I love, uh, I, I love what you do. Um, <laughs> don't hold it against me, but, um, or, or Linium. I, I mean, I, I, I like Linium shows now, mm -hmm. so your musical taste changed the more that you're exposed to it. So, mm -hmm. so I, there's a lot on the Wakan label that I did not know and wasn't into still going and being open-minded there and learning that, Hey, I can enjoy a dirt monkey set mm -hmm. in the right environment with the right people with, you know, Again, people have this idea in their mind of, you, you know, those are Wook events or, you, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vector shows, the whole nine yards. And I, I look at it and go, and, you know, to some extent you have that in the back of your mind of, of yeah, those just aren't my people. And then you go to, especially something like Wakan, which is a totally different culture uh, event. And you go, um, maybe I misjudge people, mm -hmm. you, you know, and you have that reckoning and, and then appreciation for that portion of the scene. And so, I would also encourage people to try other stages and other mm -hmm. artists. And, and I do, and I say this to people at EDC all the time, everybody maps out their schedule so incredibly much at EDC yep. Yep. to where I have to split this set to go see this one. And I have to do this and I have to do that. And one of the biggest advices I give to people is give yourself a three hour block. You're going to see, that artist again sometime mm -hmm. you know especially if you do enough shows i, I mean yeah, we know yeah. that i love joyride but joyride i can see at another festival mm -hmm. uh, you, you, you know and i've seen before so maybe i spend that block and go see something that takes me out of my comfort zone yep or something that pasquale put at that festival for me to go discover mm -hmm. you know like the mini bar or you, you know a drag queen show or a yep. parade, you, you know just something and <clears throat> and you know, realizing that those are the things. And I think that's what E-Force encapsulates that I'm really interested to do. Same. Is, is I want to go skipping through the forest with you finding fairy boxes. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my fucking I know, I know, I know. You're literally like reading my, my <laughs> mind right now, which is why I'm so excited to hear because I could talk about this shit forever, but it's so true. It's so, so true. And like, you, you don't know until you're in it. And obviously it changes over time, but I could not agree with you more. Like the thing I'm most excited about, even looking at lineups, you know, for events that were supposed to happen in 2020, which will hopefully maybe happen this year. I'm just so excited to see the people who are like the smaller house artists or the smaller techno artists who are like, they're just coming up because that set that they're going to do is going to be fucking amazing and memorable. And you can say you saw them before they blew up and things like that, but it's the smaller stages that I'm really excited for. Cause like you said, yeah, I, you know, I might have my seven lions or Oliver Heldens who I, I never want to miss, but then in the meantime, there are the people who I've never seen before. Like that's going to be the priority now because you, like you just said, you're going to see the bigger people time and time again, they're going to be the headliners on a lot of the lineups, but um, even the smaller festivals too. I feel like the more boutique festivals are going to be interesting as well after this is all over. Cause I feel like they're going to be popular well th they are well two points on on to to that to bring up so i think the and i think everybody falls in this trap it's not younger crowd versus mm -hmm. older uh, i i think there's a sense of fomo like mm -hmm. uh, emma's gonna gasp for for a second <laughs> um i miss seven lions at imagine to go experience something new and jade cicada i think uh mm, okay. absolutely hated uh, well <laughs> did, didn't hate i let it wasn't me wasn't for you I, wasn't it definitely wasn't for Jen. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely wasn't kind of for me, although I could see where 
you know, in the right combination of things that it maybe could be. Um, but I hear how beautiful and life-changing and one of your favorite seven lion sets you've ever seen yeah. was that set. <laughs> and I'm like, God, how did I miss that? Um, and, and then just missing you, you know, kind mm-hmm. of there. Um, because we hadn't, I don't think we hadn't officially met by that point in time. We didn't officially meet until EDC that year. Yeah. Uh, EDC mm-hmm. Orlando. Oh my God, so, yeah. um, so yeah, I, but so that was one. So, so getting over that fear of FOMO, there, there's going to be stuff that you're, mm-hmm. you know, just going to miss. And instead of looking at it at the thing that you missed, appreciate what you, what you had and the experience mm-hmm. that, you, that, that you got. And, and you can't, yeah. can't always. And again, that's why I, I know people that split sets and I know people that, will hit three different stages in an hour block just so they say they got to see so-and-so play whatever and I again different strokes for different folks but I'm like Mm -hmm. I can't get into the music if I'm hopping stages you you know right and hopping artists and kind of doing that um and then on to the the fact of smaller artists I think one of the wonderful things that that quarantine has given us is and and something that is reminiscent pretty time yeah, times. <laughs> um, something that is reminiscent of the the older days is is Twitch streaming and and some of what the artists have kind of done mm-hmm. is without. So back in the day, and I'm not going to name too many you, you know names in, mm-hmm. in some of this, but um, there wasn't this sense of stardom between artists and fans. Mm-hmm. So. I remember, God, I want to say, somebody's going to correct me if I'm wrong here, but I want to say Tiesto's first show at Ultra was 2002. Might have been 2003. Somewhere right in that frame. Um, And I remember Tiesto playing his set and then coming down in the crowd and partying, like literally walking off stage, coming around Mm -hmm. and like dancing with us in the crowd. Yeah. Right. Um, I remember doing, uh, you, you know, Miami Music Week events with Paul Van Dyke and Tiesto and and that type of stuff. And it's not that I was big and deep into the scene, uh, mm-hmm. like, you know, I wasn't a manager, I wasn't a promoter, I was, you, you know, whatever. It was just that's what you did. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you you know, there was an event that God, it's going to be again early two thousands above and beyond was just starting. Um, and it was for one of the record tours, maybe it was 2004 or 2005, they played at a small record store here in Atlanta. There was mm-hmm. literally nine of us that showed up. Like that's how few people knew above and beyond um, at that point in time. I think it was their first US, US really appearances. Um, and we just hung out with them for the afternoon, ordered pizza, so sun cool. on decks. Yeah. And then we, we all left, including them, left from there to go. They were doing a club set that night mm-hmm. at a club. And we left and uh, went to the club with them. And then, you know, kind of that. And then we turned to them after the event or, or after the club, because they were sitting talking to us on stage. We're like, hey, we're going to go after party at a friend's house. Do you, you guys want to come? It's awesome. And yeah. Tony, Pavo, and Jono all hopped in a car with us <laughs> and drove to a friend's house. And we, we had a recording studio there. We had DJ deck set up uh, um and stuff and we literally till probably eight or nine in the morning it's so dope um, yeah you, you know went and did it we've done I've done the same same with uh, Gabriel and Dresden uh, you, you know uh, just so the point is is that again those people part of my worry in the scene slightly comes mm-hmm. from and I don't want to offend anybody in this but comes from I'll use it as as an example. Mm-hmm. Comes from the base nectar mindset. Read my mind. I know. Yeah. It's, well, well, and it's happening too. I, I love Ella Stream. Don't get me wrong, but it's yeah, happening. Yeah. I see it happen in all sorts of communities. So it's not sure. just one. It's not just one fan base. I don't want to stereotype. Mm-hmm. You, you know anybody? Hell, it probably happens on Cascade Connect too. Um, but where DJs are put up on this pedestal of being larger than life mm-hmm. and or having some spiritual religious you, you know transformation whatever type type of thing that comes with it and you know i've looked at that in the scene and and it's part of what worries me is that you know again this thought that they're not just people 
mm-hmm. and they are. And I think that's yep. where, where we, where we are in the, or where the scene needs to remember. And I think where the scene needs to, even the artist needs to take a step back and at some point I'm go, Hey, I'm just a person like you. And I, and I think for some extent, the live streams have done that. Like yeah, I was going to say, humanize them a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, uh, you know, for me personally, I'll, I'll just talk about, you know, Jason Ross and, mm-hmm. and I mean, Jason Ross, you know, at one point in time was doing just zoom calls with his fans, mm-hmm. you know, which was awesome. I, I mean, yeah. I sat down, you know, got to talk like you and I are talking with Jason Ross. Um, and then he would do his Thursday shows that were music he wanted to play. Mm-hmm. And it lets you into this insight into what that artist was like. And even though, and, and this realization that a lot of people don't have that, they like a whole wide range of music mm-hmm. that they can't play in their sets. Yep. You know, prime example is uh, Seven Lions just did another Free Soul Friday mm-hmm. um, um, two days ago. And, you know, Emma was spinning some bass house and, you, you know, Jeff started uh, uh, doing uh, a kind of a housey set too. And that's are things that he would never be able to play. I have to go watch that. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. On on stage. And they're they're just messing around, letting you see into their life and, you know, you know, talking and connecting with the fans. And I think, you know, that's one of the good things that's happened in quarantine that I hope continues to some Mm -hmm. extent with their tour schedules and, and everything else that they have, that they realize the benefit of a being able to put themselves and their personality out there in mm-hmm. a way that that humanizes them and, and I think strengthens their fan base because mm-hmm. it makes that connection. Yep. You know, of hey, I know this artist now and I know what makes them tick. And and even the smaller ones coming up, like there's uh LP Gobi, uh, I think it's her LP name. LP Joby. Yeah. I, her. I, I cute as a button. Yeah. Um uh, insane talent. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to see her her lot. But I would never discover. Well, not not say I would never discovered her. Um, but it was much easier just to discover during this quarantine time, where mm-hmm. you know I could tune into Twitch and I could see all sorts of different people. So um, yeah, I really die. Hope- She's coming out. I it'll be out at this point probably. But I just interviewed her on the Festival Insider podcast. I did not know that. And I'm obsessed with her. And I've been DMing with her. And I literally love her. <laughs> She's like. Yeah. She's everything you just described. Like there's that level of, I feel so strongly about everything you just said. Like there's, they need to still stay connected with their fans and still be in touch and still like have that human aspect of them because it is like everybody who I know you're probably thinking about. It's like the ego is involved. Like they just, and I think this year probably humbled everybody a little bit because all the things that they love were taken away from them and they haven't been able to play shows. And I think that's, you know, the live streams have been very intimate and it's been cool to see people inside their homes and you can see which artists are going like above and beyond and are just doing like chats or like, let's DJ together or like, send me your mixes and like, I'll do a song with you. Like, I think all of that stuff has been really, really cool to see. And then yes, like I, I always feel like at the end of the day, you get, what you put out into the world. So the people who have ego involved or are in it for the wrong reasons or take advantage of their fans, like anything along those lines, I feel like it's going to come to light eventually, which is what we saw happen with a lot of people this past year. Well, and it's, it's vice versa as well. So the mm-hmm. fans have to have respect for the artist's privacy as well and, right. and get, I mean, it's a two-way street there. Cause I understand that artists are like, it's it's probably hard to be a public figure. I mean, I I wouldn't Mm -hmm. know I'm not a public figure, but um, I mean, all my adoring fans from all the the (laughs) mail they send me, um, but you you, you just, like it's that two-way street of of setting those boundaries. But then again, I I think for the artists being in touch with the scene and and still remember, because a lot of them, were ravers just like us. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cascade, I, I remember hearing an interview from him a couple years ago. I, I think he did on Larry King where he talked about, I, I was slinging records in the ultra, you, you know, parking lot to anybody that would listen. I would set up mm-hmm. decks in the parking lot just so I could get people to listen to me. And I was attending those events and doing those things. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people don't know this, but Pasquale still at EDC will put on a mask and, you know, go in the crowd and still party, you know, you have to, you still have to be a fan. You have to be a fan still. (laughs) Yeah. And, and so I, I think that from the artist side of it, um, you know, 
I was joking around with with Seven Light with Jeff and and had said you know he had talked about wanting to do shows and you know wanting them back. I'm like, well, come party with us in in GA. Mm-hmm. Like we got a spot for you. Yeah. You, 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 you know, and I, I like I wish that was a you know more of a possibility in that, but it could be in the scene if people brought, the fans brought down there and would have yeah. You, you know, kind yeah, of I agree. Crowd. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yep. Yep. A hundred percent. It's going to be so interesting. I mean, this is like kind of leads me into like the last section of this, but it's going to be very interesting, like across the board, how everything goes down after this. And I mean, I'm like, obviously I'm excited for the fans and like for our feelings when we get to return to shows and music festivals, but like, I just can't imagine how the artists will feel. And like, I'm curious to see how that comes across in their sets. Like, are they going to be more vocal on the microphone? Like, is that going to be reflected in the set or the stuff they put up on the screen like I don't know I just feel like there's going to be an energy that is very very different now between the artist and the fans in the crowd when we eventually have shows come back so one what do you think about that and two how do you personally feel about attending shows again and things like that I know you have you finished with the COVID vaccine? Are you fully I, vaccinated? I, I got my second one on Thursday. Um, awesome. So we're recording this on Valentine's Day on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um and and so I'm I'm feeling great. Um, Good. I, I haven't had really any side effects um, from it, and um, ready to to kind of start exploring, get back out there. So, yeah. um, I, I mean, how I think it'll be back, I I have a I have a fear, mm-hmm. and this just comes from my harm reduction days. Um, you, you know, I was one of the first. I don't want to say co-founders of Dance Safe, but I was one of the first people in Dance Safe very early on, twenty some odd years ago. And so, mm-hmm. you know, worrying about again how people party and how they stay safe and and what they do is always at a forethought in there. Mm-hmm. And I and I haven't been part of that a part of Dance Safe in in well number of years, but. Um, I've gone on to do other harm reduction organizations and stuff. And it's something that we talk about on the back end is those first couple events back. We are very worried about people containing themselves and being mm-hmm. within limits. And, you know, it's just human nature. Like yeah, I want to yeah. party and I haven't been able to party and I'm going to do it all now. Right. Yep. Um, so, so there is some apprehension, um, uh, to that, just you know, worrying about people in the scene and and how it all does. But um, I think the energy is going to be amazing. I think the energy from the artists and the artists that I've talked to and kind of know and and I, you, you know, even what they've put out so far in some park and raves and just other stuff. And mm-hmm. and again, it feels differently for them to do that, or it feels differently for them to do a Twitch stream because you don't. You, you don't have that back and forth energy and, pl- mm-hmm. and play necessarily with the crowd that you get at a, at a club or at a large festival event. So um, I think it's going to be very emotional for them. And and again, if for most DJs, anything that, that is emotional for them shows through in their music. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think, I, I think for all involved, it, it, it's it's kind of the old adage: you never know what you had until you lost it, <laughs> yeah. type thing. Um, and whether uh-huh. it, you know, being fitting that that's on Valentine's Day, that that's a, kind of a relationship adage, but it's also an <laughs> adage here as well um, that you don't know what you have until you lost it. And mm-hmm. and we we lost it this past year, and so you know, there's been a lot of soul searching of going. Did I appreciate those sets that I saw? as much as I absolutely could have appreciated those sets when I was in it, or did I start taking them for granted? Was my 11th music festival just kind of going through the motions or did I really appreciate it for what it was, mm-hmm. you know, and now will I be more cognizant of appreciating it for what it is now? Yeah. You know, type thing. And I, and I think so. Um, do I think they'll happen? Um, <laughs> it's the question that I get number one. Um, Tune in I, to the next episode. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Let's leave that as a cliffhanger. No, um, um, I, I've talked to a lot of people in the scene mm-hmm. at all different levels of the scene, whether they be artists or whether they be, you know, some people I know that work for Insomniac or, or different uh, other promoters and stuff. Um, I think, especially for something like EDC, if there's anybody that I trust to pull off an event, 
it's it's Pasquale. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and to do it right. I right. mean, I think I think a lot of people can try to pull off an event for the sake of having an event. And I think mm-hmm. some people are trying, but will it be a well-run, you, you know, will safe, it be safe? Event, yeah. event, you, you know, everything else. Um, I trust Pasquale and an EDC to, to look over every detail. And I, and I truly believe they would have had it last October if they could have gotten all those logistics in place. Yeah. I was just going to say they've had the time to prepare. given an extra six, seven months to, to do that. The big question is, is can we get enough people vaccinated to help that take the load off of and make it even more safe? Uh, mm-hmm. safe? Um, and, and I think we're on the way to doing that. Um, I will be in attendance mm-hmm. when, whenever it happens. Um, would I have been in attendance if I wasn't vaccinated? I, I have slightly other different concerns there because of health and, mm-hmm. and, and what I mean, I've been strictly quarantined for 11 months. I, mm-hmm. I um, uh, for the most part. So, um, if I wasn't vaccinated, I probably would not be going. Um, yeah, fair enough. I, I, I don't believe, I mean, clubs in Atlanta really haven't shut down at all. Mm-hmm. And it's still <clears throat> one of those problems that I have that they're open. They're not socially distanced. There's no mass. There's no nothing else. And there's mm-hmm. this undercurrent of the culture that is YOLO. You know, screw it. I'm going to live my life. Yep, yep. I, I can't take it any longer. Um, and it's funny to me. And again, I, I don't, everybody makes their own decisions. So I don't want to seem like I'm, I'm coming down on anybody. Um, but I, I had this discussion with some of Marcus Schultz's staff and, 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 uh, some writers that I know that have been attending uh, events down in Miami and, and mm-hmm. throwing events. And it's a sore subject for me because for me, if you're going to have a plur culture and say that this is your culture, mm-hmm. how do you then say, I don't care about anybody else, but me mm-hmm. like that's juxtaposed to what most of us believe the pl- plur culture is, which right, is right. I'm going to put, I'm going to have respect and unity and everything else for you just as much as myself. So I'm going to put your needs mm-hmm. out there just as much ahead of my needs. Mm-hmm. And so, sure, I would love to have done Green Velvet this weekend. That's in Atlanta. Yeah. But, and, and even if I was vaccinated um, and my vaccine vaccine had taken, uh, taken effect, I still got to give a couple weeks before, you, you know, it's still not a hundred percent sure. We're mm-hmm. still not sure whether I can spread it to somebody else. You know, there's still a lot of unknowns that go with that. And mm-hmm. so there's still a lot of, of, and then again, not that I feel that people look up to me in the the scene, you know, or whatnot, but I have a lot of friends in the scene and mm-hmm. again, being an older raver and, and everybody else and somebody might come along and go, oh, well, Brandon's doing shows. Yeah, exactly. So it's okay yeah. for me to do shows and to do that. Yep. So, so again, I think that's one of the things that we're just, you know, it's hard. And I've talked to a lot of people that feel the same way that I do that, you know, there's almost two camps in, in the EDM scene right now. And, and I'm, I'm just ready for when there's not that split where we have a good way that is a responsible way to kind of get back into it um, and a couple safe ways to do it. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I just booked my R- RV for EDC, like I mm-hmm. said. Um, I changed my airline tickets around a, a little bit to accommodate that. Um, I've told you, you have a place to sleep in my RV if you want to come down to for, for Vegas. That might be happening. <laughs> yeah. And if it doesn't happen, I mean, if, if EDC doesn't happen, I, I think I'm going to keep it this year and just go to the Grand Canyon. I, I was like, just going to say, that's not a bad idea. Cause I ended up getting, my ticket went through, my camping did not go through yet. But like, honestly, if I'm already mentally thinking that it's going to be that weekend, I miss Vegas so fucking much maybe it's just worth going but i don't know i appreciate you on everything <laughs> yeah it, it might be a great mental health break and that yeah exactly and 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 then when edc does and we keep our tickets and we go i i i just i really do think you know from the people that i've spoken to again um and this hasn't been conversations with pasquale or anything of that mm-hmm. nature but i i it it has been with people in insomniac has been with people that I know in government and, and just other stuff and just knowing the way that government kind of works in that, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the city wants it to happen. The state wants it to happen. Yeah. Pasquale wants it to happen. I, I truly think that 
we live nation will institute a a vaccine um passport, basically yeah. yeah um that that'll help ease that burden i truly do think that um Pasquale, they, they will set up COVID testing sites specifically for EDC attendees mm-hmm. that you have to have a COVID test two days before. So you arrive into to Vegas and you, you still COVID have to test. get tested. Yeah. Yeah. You still have to get tested. And I think they're going to figure out a way to make that follow your wristband. So your wristband doesn't work unless it's, it's been checked, mm-hmm. to, you know, against a COVID list and yeah, I like that. You, you know, whatever else has to work. Um, and I think that's the way that they're kind of leaning in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if we can get to, but by the same token, I also believe in personal responsibility. I mean, I will still wear, wear a mask, mm-hmm. you know, at EDC. Yeah. You just read my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm still, I mean, uh, for most of us in the rave culture, you are wearing masks or booths or, you know, something anyway, Is it, mm-hmm. you know, you're until we're in the clear, you kind of have to, I mean, I, but you already were. Like, I know. Like, I, I know. Look at the stages. I, I don't understand why I, I go. I look at shows now and pictures of shows that I see, and nobody's wearing a mask. And I'm like, well, you were all wearing booths and pashminas and everything before this. So mm-hmm. why is it that hard to do that now? But well, it's interesting because so I kind of like I feel very very similarly to like everything you just said. I definitely believe in the personal responsibility, and you know, you have events coming up like Abidabi, for example, which is in April in Texas, and I know every like state has been its own world and Florida is its own world and Texas is its own world. And like, it's different. You're in Georgia. I'm in New Jersey, New Jersey and New York have been pretty strict this whole time, but you know, I had tickets to Ubby Dubby and I'm still going back and forth, you know, on what to do. But part of me, this is going to sound weird, but like, it's two things for me. One, because it's been this long without events, part of me is like, I just want to wait a little bit longer. Like I've already waited this long. I don't mind waiting until, you know, a little bit more. And then the other part is also like financially, you know, everybody's in a different place financially, but it's been saving, 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 saving. I'm personally spending money on a house and I want a car. Like, you know what I mean? Like there, there have been other priorities that have popped up for me, which I can't believe I'm saying this, that I'm like, I'd rather spend money on that right now than a, fest- than a festival. Yeah. And it's like crazy <laughs> that I can even say that, but it's, but then, you know, at the same time, like my parents finally got their vaccine appointments for March, which to me has been like the biggest relief. Cause I've been like, Oh my God, the mo- the people I really see are my fiance and my parents. So, uh, you know, once they're vaccinated, I'll even feel better about it, about like, you know, maybe traveling, even if you're traveling safely and coming home, just like staying home. I work from home. I'm lucky I can quarantine for two weeks or 10 days or like whatever it may be, but you know, things like EDC, this is my other question. So you go and see events like the Super Bowl, which look like a packed house in Florida. And then you hear things like, well, everybody was COVID tested before they went in and blah, blah, blah. And so then there's the other half of me that's like, well, eventually we do have to open up and eventually we do have to get to a place where we can start having events and maybe it's reduced capacity and maybe there's all these measures being taken. So like, what's the difference between those measurements being taken in May versus in September? I guess it's the amount of people who have been vaccinated, but if they can do it in a way where there's multi tests being taken place or a vaccination check, like, and you wear a mask the entire time, can we safely pull that off so that all these people can have their jobs back and fans can attend events again and artists can play again? I don't know. They're, they're, I'm like torn on it. I feel like there's, if there's enough safety measures in place, of course, I would love to see festivals come back this summer if they can do that. Yeah. I mean, uh, Ubi's going to be a very big litmus test. If, if, yes, if Discovery and the rest of them can, and and, and I think the world's going to kind of look to that to see, you know, is can we contact trace after that? What was the risk and exposure? How many of those mm-hmm. people landed sick? What did they pull? Did they pull it off in in a way that delivered what they promised? Mm-hmm. You know, which was fifty percent capacity. Um, they're even doing it with a camping component, you, you, you know, the, mm-hmm. this year. So 50% capacity, mass the entire time, yada, yada, yada. You, you know, are they mm-hmm. able to, to, to do that and, and get it off? Um, so I think, I think that will, I think part of the problem from a promoter standpoint of it, and, and maybe MJ or, or some mm-hmm. other interviews that you can have in the future might shed some better light on this than I can. 
um, because I only have secondhand knowledge of speaking, but nobody wants to be the liability. Mm-hmm. like you don't or, or for a lot of people in the scene they don't want to be we there definitely are some unscrupulous festival promoters and and owners that mm-hmm. would uh, would do just about anything and everything and and screw it but i think for most of of the big names in the scene there is a sense of responsibility and there is a sense of if, if not only for the fans just for their brand like, mm-hmm. like can you imagine what would what the press would say about EDC, not only all the other problems that that come with running a massive festival like EDC and some mm-hmm. of the negative press that you get and just everything else that that people want to harp on, but then if it turned into a super spreader event, like what that would, the, the, the negative publicity and everything else that could kind of come from that. So there's definitely some value in wanting to do it right. Um, and and you, you know, I applaud Ubi. Uh, you and I've talked because I'm debating, you know, Ubi as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of it in the back of my mind, though, is like, would I rather my first event be be Ubi, which is a great lineup <laughs> and a yeah, great yeah, event, yeah. And, and not to to dog it, or do yeah. I want my first event back to be me walking through the tunnel at EDC from the campground and and <laughs> literally you know, being a 42 year old man crying um, at, at that point? <laughs> I, like, like, do I want my first one back to be to be just yeah, any event, or do I want it to be the event? Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, I, I don't know. I, yeah, yeah. I, exactly. I, there's no right or wrong answer. I'm prepared, uh, you, you know, where I take my personal responsibility of it is even though by that point in time, I'll be well vaccinated. Um, and I've been safe through, through this whole thing. Um, I, I'm still prepared to quarantine when I come home. Yeah, I, I think say. that's mm-hmm. I think that's the difference from hitting the club events. The, my 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 difference from people that are hitting the club every weekend versus a a you know going to like an EDC is it's impossible for you to for or for most people. And I think if you're honestly talking about it, they're not necess- if they're hitting the club every weekend, they're not quarantining you know, when they're not at the club, it's not like mm-hmm. the club's the only place they're going. Yeah. Um, so am I prepared f- to be able to do an EDC to go through whatever measures I need to go through to get there, um, to be as safe as I can while I'm there. Mm-hmm. And then to even take it a step further and say, when I come back, I'm going to quarantine for seven to 10 days. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I, quarant- I quarantine here right now. Exactly. But, like, yeah, like, I mean, at least my wife gets to go to work at the hospital. I mm-hmm. I get to have Zoom meetings with with Emma. You know? <laughs> and the rest of the my 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 cats are my colleagues right now. So yeah, um, and and they're sick of hearing my stories. So, um, yeah. So do I think that? I mean, we all just kind of got to figure out what our personal responsibility and level is from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I truly do. I mean, I'm I'm putting my money in. I I, I think EDC will happen. Um, oh, you let's heard it manifest it. Let's put it. I know. In I'm. I'm. I, I just decided if I'm going to spend the money, I, I'm just going to put it out in the world that into the the, the ethos that it's going to happen. See now, okay. I mean, we can definitely continue this conversation off the record too in a second. But yeah, the last thing I'll say too is like, it's just going to be fucking weird. It's going to be fucking weird for the next year to year and a half because I get questions all the time like, is this happening? Should I book? Blah blah blah. And I'm like, I don't even fucking know. Like, it's going to it's going to be a last minute send. You may have to make that decision for yourself. If you can book something and cancel it without a fee, or you can hold off on your flights. Like I believe I'm type a, I hate that feeling right now. Like normally all these things would be booked electric forest hotel or flights would be booked. Like, and I do not like the feeling of being like, it might have to be a last minute send, but that's just what it is right now. And the same thing goes for tickets. Like to me as a fan, like the most concerning thing to me is like, is it going to be impossible to get tickets to anything, which that very well might be a possibility because when things start to be in the clear a little bit, it might be really hard. You might have to buy the deposits when they first come out or jump on things, but at the same well, it was time- It hard it, before that too. Yeah, like, no, like, true. I mean, E-Forest was- Sold out impossible. in 30 minutes, yeah. EDC <laughs> was sold out. Like it was, it was hard even before You can that, pick and so. choose your events for sure. Yeah. But um, no, I'm, the, I'm hoping, I mean- 
100% hope EDC happens, but I think the next one that I was personally aiming for was Elements Lakewood, which I've never done. And Elements, I'm talking to the founders in a couple of weeks on um, Festival Insider podcast to ask them how they've been able to do it because they have had, I think, two events in 2020 successfully through multi-step COVID testing. Um, so I feel comfortable doing that. It's Labor Day weekend. And I was mentally thinking that would probably be my first festival back. Obviously I hope EDC and Electric Forest happens, but um, I do think there are safe ways to go about it. And like you said, I can quarantine, I can come home and just stay here and figure out ways to do it. But by then, by September, I'm praying I'll be vaccinated by then and then it will make it an even easier decision. But um, these are all very interesting conversations to have. I'm so glad we did this. How do Me you too. feel? <laughs> no, I, I feel great. I, I, I do. I'm, I'm hoping, you know, you enjoyed it. Your listeners enjoyed it. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I love talking about this stuff. I, I mean, I do. Same. I, 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 events, it's, it's weird to say, are such a big portion of of I think both of our lives, mm-hmm. you know, and in different ways, like, mm-hmm. um, but I, I think for a lot of people, they are, um, you yeah. know, these are the places that, you know, we find like-minded people, you, you know, mm-hmm. or that you get your friend groups from all over the country together and, and to do. And so they hold a special place in, in a lot of our hearts, mm-hmm. you know, because of that. And, you know, taking that away for a year, again, I, I said it earlier, has brought a much better um, appreciation for that when we get to do that again. Mm-hmm. Um, Benny wants to tell you his thoughts too. Um, <laughs> so, um, you, you, you know, I, I just, I, I hope that that's a lesson that we learn from mm-hmm. from all this that that continues not only after the first event but you know helps helps broaden the scene a little bit more and and again for for lack of sound and cheesy spreads that plur culture mm-hmm. you know a little bit more of of knowing what it was like not to have it um and how easily it can be taken away mm-hmm. by by something whether that be a global pandemic whether that be um, you know, just negative press in an area that shuts down a festival that, that, mm-hmm. you know, either puts people out of work, but just stops, you know, the scene in an area. So anything that we individually can do, and, and maybe that's just as simple as looking out for the person next to you, you know, and, and, and spreading, you know, spreading that goodwill and spreading that, that poor culture, uh, you, you know, a little bit that, that, keeps what we've built going because it is kind of precious. And I think a lot of us have realized that yeah. it is precious, mm-hmm. you know, so. I love that's, it. That's Thank you so much for being here, Brandon. This <laughs> was, I genuinely like, this is definitely one of my favorite conversations I've ever had. We touched on so much stuff. <laughs> on, in, in my head, I'm like, am I going to split this into two or should I have this as one giant episode? I, but. <laughs> I don't know. I, well, the problem is, is you should have known me after this long that I can talk. No, but I'm like, so here, no. And we, t- we just touch on such different things, but anyway. I will continue the conversation with you, Brandon. Hang tight. Everybody else, I will be back in a minute with EDM News. Alrighty, you guys, we have finally reached the end of both of these parts. Thank you so much for sticking around. I hope you guys really, really enjoyed this episode. Definitely leave me feedback. I want to hear what you guys thought about this. Again, it's definitely a topic that I've had requested a lot, so I wanted to do it justice. And I, like I said, Brandon and I could have talked for hours Um, because I just this is a super interesting topic and it clearly hits home for me so I was really really excited to have him on and I'm so thankful that he was so vulnerable and shared all his stories with us so I hope you guys enjoyed it Um, again check us out on Facebook the Rave Culture Cast community group or you can leave comments on YouTube but I really want to hear your thoughts and opinions on this topic okay with all that being said let's just jump right into EDM news we got a couple things happening here you guys So first and foremost, um, Alesso and Armin Van Buren have a single coming out this Friday called Leave a Little Love. This is highly anticipated. You've got two major, major artists. So I know a lot of people are really excited about it and I can't wait to hear how it sounds. Uh, There's a little teaser up on, I believe, both of their Instagram pages if you guys want to go ahead and check that out. 
Odessa also teased on Twitter on February 15th that they are working on something we promise. That's what they said. So hopefully there will be a new Odessa album in the near future this year. We can all hope. Okay, and then I have a couple festival announcements that I want to get into here. The first one being SXM Festival, which takes place in St. Martin. Um, Typically in March uh, is when it happens, but they did a post about two weeks ago. It says, looks like 2022 is going to be an awesome party. Until then, stay safe and stay tuned for the return of SXM Festival. No surprise there. Unfortunately, it continues. Um, We also had a Movement Detroit notification that they are canceling. They typically take place on Memorial Day weekend in in Detroit. This is a primarily techno festival, house and techno, but um, basically they said it's not happening in May 2021. Big, Big thanks to everyone who held on to their tickets and your unwavering support. Um, The team is working hard to provide an update on future dates and ticketing options. We will be in touch next month with more information. So stay tuned. I I feel like a lot of people, I don't know if they're going to even opt for a fall date or if people, it seems to be, are pushing just pushing it back another year. I'm very hopeful that 2022 will be a normal festival season. That would be amazing. Um, Okay. Last big announcement, and I kind of want to go through a couple things here because I've already done a YouTube video on this and I just really want to follow up on it, and that is Ultra Music Festival. Yes, you guys, we have official word. Ultra has spoken. We haven't heard from them in like a year, but they've spoken. Um, They've officially canceled this year's event. Obviously, I don't think anybody thought that was happening, but they are rescheduling Ultra for March 25th, 26th, and 27th, 2022. All valid tickets will be honored. Um, so there's a lot. They sent an email, I believe. So if you guys are already, you had tickets and held on to them, um, definitely go check your email because you should have a notification from them at this point. Okay, so I want to read through a couple things because there were some announcements. So, okay, it says, rest assured, we eagerly await the opportunity to safely produce what will be the most memorable ultra in our 22-year history. Next year, we will usher in a new and improved chapter in the Ultra History Book as we unveil our first ever premium general admission offering. Current GA ticket, this is important, current GA ticket holders can upgrade to the premium general admission at no additional cost and with no additional purchase required. So if you guys have a GA ticket, you can get this premium GA experience, which is a new thing they're going to be offering next year. So I'm assuming, obviously, you know, if if and when it goes on sale for 2022, if you never had tickets, you would have to purchase this premium GA offering. And I think there's some pricing on the next slide that I'll get into. It says as well, you will have the option to exchange, upgrade, and elect the benefits listed below for a future event subject to terms and conditions. To proceed, please click on the exchange, upgrade, and elect your benefits. So here were some of the other options. The free premium general admission upgrade. This is what it sounds like. Um, Provided at no additional cost. Yes, I said that. Okay. A dedicated festival entry, access to enhanced, routinely cleaned, air-conditioned restroom facilities with private stalls in multiple locations throughout the venue, so much nicer bathrooms, and the PGA lounge complete with the relaxation area and bar. The face value of this ticket is $599.95. So, I feel like that's pretty standard. Like if you do um, a GA plus, which is like now being offered at a lot of um, insomniac events, it's usually a separate entrance. It's usually nicer bathrooms and things like that. So that's kind of like what the gist of what they're getting at here. So that's a nice perk if you held on to your ticket. Um, they also have an ultra merchandise discount up to 50% off. Um, this I actually thought was very intriguing. An extra ultra hour exclusively in 2022 one hour before the gates opened you will have the opportunity to enter the festival early and witness an unforgettable main stage performance from a festival headliner so it doesn't say who but I guess you guys will get um an extra set is what it sounds like which is a a cool experience especially if it won't be as crowded yet I think that's pretty nice Okay, this also was very interesting a free ticket to ultra worldwide event We're here to help fulfill your itch to travel by providing you with a free ticket to an ultra worldwide, including resistance event of your choice. 
valid through December 30th, 2022 for each valid 2020 ticket purchase. So again, these are all upgrades you can choose. So you can choose the premium one for Ultra Miami. You can choose this ticket to an Ultra Worldwide event. That does say that it's subject to terms and conditions and it's limited quantity and subject to availability. So first come, first serve if you want a worldwide event. But it's an interesting choice. And then it says you'll be eligible to enter to win one of 10 ultra golden tickets. Winning winning one of these tickets will grant you a plus one guest. Oh, wait, wait. Winning these tickets will grant you plus one guest free lifetime access to any of our Walt. Wait, any, any of our events, I think, and ultra worldwide, including resistance events. So if you're lucky enough to win a golden ticket, that's pretty fucking amazing as well. But I mean, what are the chances of that? Who fucking knows? Um, <laughs> so anyway, they're going to have general admission on sale for 2022 at some point. Um, it looks like you can have the option to purchase that ahead of time. One thing to clarify here, there is no mention as far as I am aware of a refund. So there is no refund option still. I know that was a very big issue for a lot of people. I mean, at this point, I'm not surprised. But again, it's a really tricky situation because you also have to think about like a lot of these events and companies wouldn't stay alive if they had to refund every single person who wanted a refund. So it's probably keeping the lights on for Ultra that they're holding on to people's money. Is it the right thing to do? I don't fucking know. I don't think it's the best customer service experience. Um, However, I think a lot of these options that you guys can pick are pretty cool. I think the worldwide option is really cool. I think the extra Ultra hour, hour is awesome. And I think the premium GA experience is like the least they could do. So I think that's cool for anybody who is planning on holding on to tickets for 2022. And there you have it, guys. Ooh, very long-winded, but I wanted to make sure I covered all of that because I did a whole YouTube video about how we hadn't heard from Ultra yet. So here is the official word from them. Um, and with that being said, I have one last piece of information of EDM news. This is a Wakan update that I thought was interesting. So if any of you guys like Wakan or the label or the festival, uh, I thought this was interesting. I don't really listen to Wakan artists too, too much, but basically they tweeted this out today saying, I started Wakan to provide a home for artists that I love that didn't have a place to release music. Prior to the creation of this label, I was often told I would never fit in. They said it was too weird, too bassy, too noisy, not pretty enough. My tracks were turned down by almost every label in existence, so I decided to start Wakan. The ethos and philosophy behind the label is artistic freedom. I didn't want other artists to be misunderstood and have to conform. I've tried to protect them from the rejection and hurt that I previously felt. We support artists by giving them a consistent place to release their music and art as they envision it. We never want to dictate or control what artists create and what they title their songs. At times, I was asked to censor my music and my brand, and that never sat well with me. Recently, there has been a lot of commentary about drug references and songs we have released on Wakan. To be clear, Wakan and... I'm going to butcher this. It's SS Quan, Sasquan. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Does not support the use of any narcotic or the consumption of medicine not prescribed by a medical professional. We are fully aware that addiction of any kind is a disease and an epidemic that plagues our culture. I know I often talk about community, but this is a very important topic for me. I have tried to create a safe place without judgment. It's important to me that we are inclusive of and welcoming to people from all walks of life in our community. Perspective and knowledge is how we grow and better ourselves. Constructive cri- criticism, as long as it is handled with kindness and grace, is always considered unappreciated. I've always tried to look inward and take ownership of my role in every situation. Candidly, we are in a new territory. The landscape has completely changed over the past year and in return, and my, and in return, my and Wakan's position in it. This is definitely something we are going to discuss internally and try our best to figure out how to navigate moving forward. For those of you that I've offended or hurt with these releases, I now understand why. I'm sorry. We are doing our best to support our artists in this very unprecedented time, all while releasing the best music and giving people hope. My staff and I will continue to educate ourselves while spreading the message of inclusion and community. Thank you for your continual support. Through the good and the bad, we truly hope to share some beautiful safe live experiences with you at some point much love martin so i just wanted to to share that because again like i'm not super clued on what's going on i never had an issue with wakan or any of their releases but i gather there must have been a lot of conversations happening about um drug references and some of the releases on the label so i thought that was really well worded and i 
can completely see where he's coming from about giving people artistic freedom, but just wanted to share that with anybody who is a fan or anybody who was aware of this happening, that that update just came out. Okay, with all that being said, you guys, thank you so much for checking out both of these episodes. I hope you enjoyed part one and part two. And again, if you haven't listened to part one yet, definitely go back and check it out. Um, Brandon and I covered a lot of topics that are near and dear to my heart and I think are just good, whether you're an older raver or whether you're a raver like who's 18 who's listening to this podcast. It's good just to hear where you could go in the future. Um, And there's a lot of valuable lessons and good laughs in there. So Thank you all so much for sticking with me. I can't express enough my gratitude for you. I love doing this podcast so, so much and sharing people's stories. It truly like brings me so much joy. So if you guys enjoy it as well, I would love it if you could share a link with a friend today. Share this to your Instagram stories and tag at RaveCultureCast. Um, rate and review on iTunes. It helps the podcast get discovered. Um, on the charts you guys so if you could write like two sentences or just throw a couple stars I really really appreciate that today Um, and of course come join our Facebook group community so I can meet you in our next zoom call with all that being said thank you guys so much for listening and I will be back next Wednesday with a new episode bye guys